0: Good day, folks. My name is John, and I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for taking your time to listen to this podcast. This is Hovering Over the Deep. It has been a tumultuous week on Wall Street. GameStop has indeed put power to the players. Millionaires have been made, and billionaires have been broken. And... I don't want to spend the entire time talking about Wall Street and Game Stonks to the moon and whatever fun phrases have come out of all of this instead I'd like to talk about what it means to suddenly have wealth thrust upon you I am reminded of a song from a movie stage play that I enjoy greatly used to watch this as a child many times over. It was from Fiddler on the Roof. And Fiddler on the Roof is a fantastic movie and play, if you ever had the opportunity to see it. talks about many things from the perspective of a poor dairy farmer by the name of Tevye. Tevye is seeing life just uh, just before the Bolshevik Revolution before Marxism gripped its ugly hand around the throats of Russia. And we saw a man dreaming and hoping for the future, trying to do his duty, live and survive and thrive in this small village with his five daughters and his wife, Golda. Golda. I love the way he said that. It was wonderful. Golda, do you love me? His one daughter meets a poor tailor, his other daughter meets a revolutionary. And his other daughter just stops and gets married, and then he's got two left, and well, that's the end of that. But Tevye sings this wonderful song. If I were a rich man, yere bire 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 bum. And I'm not going to sing to you this entire song. But it's interesting because Tevye, in this moment, is dreaming what it is like to be a rich man. If I were a rich man, I wouldn't work all day. If I were a rich man, I would build a staircase that goes to nowhere. If I were a rich man, my wife Golda, She would be very plump and well-fed, ordering her service around like a peacock. (laughs) It's a great, great story. If I were a rich man, Tevye asks, I would spend all day reading the Torah, debating and philosophizing with the educated men. This is interesting. If I were a rich man, debating and philosophizing with the educated men, people would come up to me, yes, Rebbe whatever you say, Rebbe because don't you know, people listen to you when you're wealthy. Oh, if I were a rich man, if I were a wealthy man, oh, it's a great, great, great movie. If you've never seen it, I implore you. I implore you, please watch it. Take the time. But, you know, I was always struck by Tevye and his dreams. Because he always kept, he kept coming back to this idea. And, it, 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 you know, what would I do if I were rich? And, you know, wealth, it seems, changes a lot of people. Or at least changes their perspective in a lot of cases. A lot of people kind of, well, they kind of just endlessly dream what they would do if they were suddenly wealthy. And more often than not, they talk about things that they would buy and houses that they would build fill their houses with superfluous things that they really just don't use anyways, but suddenly they would have the opportunity to use these things that they otherwise normally wouldn't be using. And it's an interesting thing, really. I once met a man who said that if he were a rich man, if he was suddenly thrusted with wealth, he would become a tinkerer. A tinkerer? Well, that's a very curious thing. What do you mean by a tinkerer? Don't you know that tinkerers are tinkerers, not because they are wealthy, but because they are poor? They are inherently curious with the world. They are curious with the machinations and throwaway items. They are curious and have a desire to take broken things and make them work again. The tinkerer's tools of trade are simple. A screwdriver. Anybody can get a screwdriver or a screwdriver set for a small fee. Could actually buy a uh, nice little uh, micro screwdriver set from, uh, from Lowe's Depot, Amazon, wherever you'd like. There's no reason why you can't tinker right now. What is preventing you from tinkering? I wondered. If I were a rich man, I would be a tinkerer. Well, what, my friend, is preventing you from tinkering now? Is there some reason that you're not? Oh, because you have an idea. You have a dream of what it is to be a tinkerer, but you do not have the actual practical understanding of what it means to be a tinkerer. People are always dreaming as to what they would do, but very rarely do you ever hear anybody talk about what they are doing and what they would be doing more of. Now, let me explain to you what I mean. Let's use a few archetypes, for example. Let's use a few examples. I am going to pick Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, Joel Zimmerman, also known as Dead Mouse. It's a synthesizer thing. Trent Reznor. Why not? We'll throw him in there. And you know what's astounding about all of these men that I'm thinking of off the top of my head? And you know what? Let's be fair. We'll get Martha Stewart in there as well. She's done very well for herself. You know what's really astounding about all of these men and women is that long before they were ever wealthy, long before they ever had two nickels to rub together, long before they had their mansions in the Hollywood Hills and their television shows and making pot brownies with Snoop Dogg, they were just people who were passionate about the things that they did. You know, I could speak on uh, Trent Reznor and uh, Joel Zimmerman Beforehand, before we talk about the other three. You know, long before Joel Zimmerman was Deadmau5, he was the Deadmau5 kid on IRC who was learning how to code and make music probably with whatever program he could hack together or uh, acquire. He was making music long before the multi-million dollar stage production. It just so happened that Joel was very good at what he did, and people liked what he did. But to this day, with all of his millions, Joel still spends many hours in front of a computer coming up with new songs, coming up with new animations, and new stage productions. Trent Reznor, for example, he's another one. Long before he was Nine Inch Nails, He was just this keyboard player in Option 30. Working to save money for the next Moog synthesizer. Actually, I believe his grandparents bought him the first Moog synthesizer, but he earned that money by doing chores and working for his family. That was still a great deal of money back then, as it is today. But long before he was Trent Reznor, he still had a love and a passion for playing piano and making music and performing music. It's who he was. It's what he did. And, of course, because he was very good at what he did, the same way with Joel Zimmerman, he became a name, and then he got more money, more wealth. And what did he do with that wealth and money? Well, he bought more synthesizers. He continued to do more of that which he was already passionate about doing. Fascinating, isn't it? It was not the wealth that defined these people. In fact, what defined them were their accomplishments of what they did when they had little, and how they made it grow. Just recently with an interview I watched with Henry Rollins, he once said that when he was younger, he learned the importance of discipline and doing. I'm going to skip over a great many things he said in this particular interview for time, but he said something interesting. I would read a book and then I would put that book down and say, I read a book, I'm going to read another book. I made a movie, I'm going to make another movie. I wrote an album, I'm going to write another album. And he would do this because he learned the discipline and he had the passion of doing these things, of expressing himself in these mediums. Elon Musk, famously known for today, famously known today for SpaceX. And upon recording of this podcast, a rocket just blew up. <laughs> and that's okay. It's part, of the, uh, it's part of the journey. It's part of the learning. Before he was known for Tesla, he was getting showers in the YMCA. He was learning how to code. I believe it was with uh, Peter Thiel. X.com, I believe it was called. And then I believe it was PayPal. Online transactions. He was doing these things long before the dot-com bubble. Long before you made $2.5 billion for selling a Minecraft to Microsoft or $1 billion to uh, selling a WhatsApp to Facebook. He's doing it because he loved to do it. He loves learning. He loves dreaming. He wants to explore and be ambitious and follow in the footsteps of his heroes. He happens to be good at it. The wealth happened to be a reward in a sense, which, by the way, wealth is not the only objective measure for the rewards of success. Some of the most successful people in the world died penniless, yet they left their mark, they left their mark, and never had a dime to show for it, Steve Jobs once said, before he died, in regards to Bill Gates, and who's got more money, he said something along the lines of, Bill and I are not in a competition to be the richest man in the cemetery, both of these men did, and were doing long before Apple and Microsoft were Fortune 500 companies. In fact, Steve Jobs in another interview once said one of the reasons that he had such a fall from grace from Apple the first time around when he was usurped and fired was because he had suddenly become more interested in making money than making good products and changing the world as he once intended to do. And so he lost sight and focus. But you see, Steve Jobs was slinging circuit boards with Wozniak, mostly, in his parents' garage long before he was a multimillionaire. And to be sure, some people inherit wealth, and that's fine. Some people win wealth, and that's fine. And some people, some people just happen to bet well on the stock market, as we have seen this past week. And there is nothing wrong with wealth. The problem turns out to be, is what do you do with the wealth that you have? And are you just endlessly chasing wealth and using your lack of wealth? as a justification as why you do not do. And that is why some of the wealthiest men and women in this world understand a simple thing. Wealth is just a resource. Money is just a resource. No different than gold or silver or water or wheat. It is just a resource. It is a means to an end. It is not the end in and of itself. When I was younger and I had an interest in recording and an interest in synthesizers and making music electronically, much because I listened to Nine Inch Nails and Stabbing Westward and Gravity Kills and a few other industrial bands at the time, I wanted to learn how to make music electronically. So I figured out ways to do it, and it was really quite awful. I found that I didn't have nearly the talent that some of these people that I looked up to had. But I learned many, many things, and I learned how to be resourceful, and I learned how to acquire programs, and I learned how to use things that were freely available to me. I learned around, workarounds. I learned how to accomplish many things by being resourceful. And now that I'm older and I have a little bit of means, I am able to put together a collection. But there are far more talented people out there than me who can accomplish far more with much less than I can. So much for my... Uh, Acquisitions, And you see, today, with all of this new wealth flying around, you have all of these, how shall we say, well, overbloated consumers, people who have far more wealth at their disposal than actual sense with what to do with it. Oh, sure, they like to flaunt their acquisitions online, showing off all of their things and their toys that they buy just because they're expensive. They have no sense of style, no sense of taste, no sense of class, no understanding as to what they are actually holding in their hands. These are things to people. Mindless things. There is this... uh, Woman, young woman on YouTube, and she looks like Rainbow Bright on crack. She oftentimes gives tours of her house with her wrapped Tesla and all of her Chinese junk that she fills her house up with, all of the nonsense that she buys on Amazon. This poor woman has no sense Of style, of taste. She's wealthy, sure, and she likes to tell everybody how great it is. But yet, at the end of the day, her life is devoid of meaning. It's really quite sad. I've seen another YouTube personality who has done quite well for himself. And yet he wraps his cars, his very expensive cars, in pink. And he lets everybody know how great and wealthy he is. He really has no interest in, in vehicles. Unlike, say, Jay Leno or Tim Allen. Oh, those two men, now those are connoisseurs. They love cars. They love tinkering on cars. And I can assure you of one thing. Regardless whether or not they, are, they were wealthy, and they are very wealthy. Regardless whether they were or not. I guarantee you, in any life, these men would still be tinkering on cars. Maybe not on the scale. Maybe not in the uh, warehouses that they have leased for their vehicles. But maybe a humble and modest uh, setting. But they would love that one car as much as they love all of their cars. For you see, these men were passionate about what they were doing before the wealth. Joel Zimmerman, going back to Dead Mouse, again, is another one. He, too, is passionate about cars. And, yes, of course, there was the Ferrari. Who could forget the Nyan Cat-wrapped Ferrari that he bought? And I believe there was the, the Perrican, the Lamborghini that he had for a while. But the interesting thing about Joel is he actually is a car guy as much as he is a synth guy. He is. Joel Zimmerman loves cars. He doesn't just buy a car because it's expensive. He buys it because he loves and appreciates the craftsmanship. He loves and appreciates what goes into it the same way with synthesizers I've seen I've, I've watched video of his studio I've watched videos of him in his studio the man knows what he's buying he has a very robust studio why because he loves what he does no he does not need the entire system that he has. He doesn't need every synthesizer that he has. He could easily do everything that he's doing with, uh, with the program, the application, the plug that he uh, co-developed, enabled, it. he could easily do this. He doesn't need to have, you know, the whole ModCon uh, modular system. He doesn't need that. But he does because he loves it. He is doing more of what he loves with the wealth that he has acquired. And that doesn't bother me one bit. But what does bother me are these people who have nothing but a love of money. And there was a wise fellow once by the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, God himself. He said, for the love of money is the root of All sorts of evil. And why would he say that? Because it is another idol. It is another idol. When all you are doing is chasing wealth, you're never actually accomplishing anything. You're never actually satisfied. Your whole life's ambition is getting a bigger pile of dirt. And that, in and of itself, is a problem. Because you're not actually doing anything other than chasing wealth. You don't view it as a resource. You hoard it. It changes you. You think to yourself, man, if I were a rich man, well, you do not need to be a rich man to read the Torah. You do not need to be a rich man to teach yourself philosophy. You do not need to be a rich man to argue with the academics. You just do these things. You do these things despite your wealth. I am not making a dime doing these podcasts. I'm sitting in front of a keyboard stand, a cross keyboard stand that I acquired many years ago. On top of it is a piece of plywood, some foam that I had left over from another project, a USB microphone, my computer, And my newly made microphone uh, filter, forget what they're called. Sure, I could have spent one on $10 on Amazon. And it's a rather amusing little thing that I've put together out of an old T-shirt, a Tupperware cup, a piece of metal that I had lying about, a screw that I had lying about, and as a base to keep this hovering over my microphone, so that way I don't get plosion. the And it's working quite well. A hockey puck that I drilled a hole into. Ingenuity, resource, yes, it's $10, sure, but I don't have $10 right now on me, and I'm not going to go onto Amazon right now and buy one, and maybe in a few days later, I want to do my podcast now, and I have the ability to do it. And I'm not making a dime in this. I'm doing it because I love it and I will continue to do it because I love it and I enjoy it and that is what I am passionate about. I love sharing ideas and I love learning ideas. I love hearing good speakers speak. I am inspired by them, and I hope you, too, are inspired by me. And that is why I say it is a humbling privilege to be inspired and to have someone be inspired by you. Humbling privileges abound. But I do not make any money off of this. In fact, I'm doing this at more of a cost than anything else and I will continue to do so. Wealth or no wealth. It's about maximizing and prioritizing your time. It's about not investing your time and your efforts in frivolous ventures. I could either be sitting in front of my computer, lurking in the deepest, darkest areas of the web, amusing myself to death, or I could be engaging in my passions. What do I do with what I have? And I can tell you this, that there are some people out there who do remarkable things with little to nothing. It is the passion that drives them. It is the desire that drives them. They will find a way. It's what sh- separates the wheat from the chafe. What will you do with what you have been given? If you have been given little, will you do little? Or will you complain that you don't have enough? And if you have been given a lot, will you just sit there and do nothing? Because you just don't have enough. At least in your mind. But, do we sit here and idly dream, if I were a rich man, no, Instead, go out and do. Find ways. Learn ways. Find out what you are passionate about. If you wish to write, then write. Don't let anything stop you. You don't need a computer or a typewriter. A pencil and paper will do many, many wonderful things. Same way if you're an artist. Same way if you're a musician. Same way if you're a philosopher or a theologian. As a parting thought, Many years ago, when we still had CD-ROMs, my father bought a CD-ROM of 30,000 books. I believe it was when Project Gutenberg was just getting started. 30,000 books. The world's classical literature at my fingertips. Astounding. And I never read one of them. Now isn't that interesting? If I were a rich man, I would spend my days philosophizing with the learned men, arguing with the Torah. And yet I have all of their works in front of me. And I'm a poor man. And I haven't even opened them up. To be sure, Wealth is useful. Wealth is a resource. And wealth is a useful means. I don't begrudge anyone for being wealthy. But when you are wealthy for the sake of being wealthy, and you accomplish nothing, you're just as good as being poor and accomplishing nothing. With that, I say, Use your gifts and talents. Find a way to do those things that you are passionate about. Do not be the lazy servant who just leaves their talents buried in the sand. Do not be the hoarder of wealth who has nothing to their name. Find a way to be resourceful. Necessity, they have said. Necessity is, indeed, the mother of invention. Thank you, folks, for taking the time to listen. I hope you glean something from this. Until next time, I bid you good day or good evening. But regardless of the time of the day, in all things, God bless.